Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi. Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino back in studio with us. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And, of course, you can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget, you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to supertalktv.com. Today, we're diving into the Warrior Bonfire Program. It is a Mississippi-based nonprofit organization, and it's serving combat-wounded veterans and Purple Heart recipients. And I think that's a good thing. Joining us to share more is Lloyd. Hey, Lloyd. Hey, good afternoon. It's good to have you here, and it's good to talk about another great organization in Mississippi, helping those men and women who have served. So let's start with introducing us to the Warrior Bonfire Program. What was the inspiration behind it, and what's your mission? Well, the Warrior Bonfire Program was started 10 years ago, um, 2013. Um, our founder, uh, Dan Fordyce, Hunter Fordyce, had taken some Purple Heart vents on a hunting trip. And when they got back in, sitting around the fire, one of the Purple Heart guys said, you know, I've been to just about every doctor in the military here with my fellow comrades. This has helped me more than all that put together. And Dan said, we know how to build a fire. And we've been in existence now for, for 10 years. And basically what the premise of our um, nonprofit is, when we serve mainly post-9-11 Purple Heart vets, compact veterans, and we'll take 6 to 10 plus or minus veterans on retreats, and we like to say, you know, pain shared is joy multiplied. And we get them together, and it starts their networking of other people with similar backgrounds, you know, with the suicide rate and everything in the military. Um, you know, so that was the founding of it. And we've taken, I don't know, uh, over close to 160 retreats in those 10 years. Served well over 1,000 veterans. And we do spouses as well. We do spouse retreats, couples retreats. Um, so that's and, – and we are a national uh, nonprofit. Uh, even though we were started in Mississippi and we're – Heavy in the South, uh, we serve veterans all over the United States. I was going to ask, Lloyd, if primarily your veterans come from Mississippi or or veterans outside of our state coming here to sort of take part in the program. Where are your retreats? Are they all over, or do you go to one, are, one place? They're, or They're from California to Florida, South Louisiana, uh, Texas, of course, Mississippi. We've done some in Tennessee. We are truly a national program because our veterans are everywhere and you know a lot of our retreats and such 
let's say there's a a big hunting place in Texas that wants to sponsor a retreat. So that's, you know, would make sense for us to go to Texas to do that. And so, you know, we are a nonprofit and we run on donations, but we also run on in-kind donations. So a lot of people, once they've done this once for us, do it year after year and different places. I, I would say that, you know, since we started in Mississippi, we may be a little heavier in the southeast but we are truly a, a, a national organization. Lloyd, once a, a vet comes and does one of your retreats, is there? do you all connect them with, uh, I guess, therapy or other programs that are long after, or is this just sort of the one-time kind of get the ball rolling, open the conversation up, or is it an ongoing relationship you build with the participants? It is an absolute ongoing relationship. We keep a database. Uh, of all our people that we serve, we reach out to all of them within our database uh, that we do. We are able to direct them to uh, other things that would be supported of them um, uh, moving forward. Now, one thing, you know, we like to say we're not therapists. What we try to do is get them to get together. Um, you know, they can share their pain and their joy together, um, but we are an absolute hub for resources uh, for support for them. Well, you've got one or got a benefit coming up uh, at the beginning of August. It's hard to believe that August is already here, Lloyd. <laughs> and when yeah, I said absolutely. I was like, oh, man, school's supposed to start back. But nonetheless, and this is going to help you guys be able to fund more of these wonderful programs. So tell us about the benefit that's coming up in August. The benefit in August is August the 5th. It's at Reunion Country Club in Madison, Mississippi. Uh, we call this diamonds and dog tags. Uh, we usually do it in Mississippi. Some years we do it in uh, Denver, Colorado, um, you know, since we're a national program. Uh, but we've done it in Mississippi quite a bit. Uh, we always have a guest speaker. Um, just to say some of our past are, were like Oliver North, uh, Rocky Blyer. Uh, and this year we have uh, Joey Jones. His name is Johnny, but he goes by Joey Jones. He's a guest speaker. A former Marine sergeant wounded in Afghanistan. He's a big advocate for, for veterans and a Fox News contributor. Uh, so we always have silent auction. We have a very good guest speaker. We have uh, music and entertainment. We have a live band, of course, food and uh, everything that, that goes on at an event like this. And it is a fundraiser. And, you know, we like to think it is a very worthwhile organization um, you know, we've been in, we've been in existence now for 10 years and, um, have a, a lot of ongoing supporters that have just seen the great things that have happened there. Um, at, at to get tickets for this, we're going to sell tickets up to July the 31st. Uh, they're $85 single, $150 for a couple. Uh, we do sell sponsor tables, uh, $600, uh, for eight people. Of course, we take any type sponsor. We we really like that, um, but it's it's just going to be a, a great great event um, to come out and su- support something that I think is doing just absolute great work uh, with our our combat veterans. 
So if someone's listening to Good Things Lloyd and they're interested about the Warrior Bonfire Program, maybe they are a veteran themselves, maybe they're married to one or have one in the family, That um, are there certain requirements? I know you mentioned Purple Heart veterans, but are there is there other stipulations for someone to be able to you know, go on a retreat or is there an application process? From that perspective, how do you get more veterans into your program? Well, let me say two things before I, I forget it. First of all, if you want tickets to the diamonds and dog tags you can go to warriorbonfireprogram.org forward slash ddt um and that will get you you know tickets and that sort of thing but our website is warriorbonfireprogram.org and to answer your question we primarily do post 9-11 purple heart vet combat veterans um you know there's literally thousands of wounded warrior programs and we had to pick who we wanted to serve. So our priority is post 9-11 Purple Heart vets. But in some cases, we, you know, round out the retreats with others. So they could go on Warrior Bonfire Program, uh, sign up for them. Of course, we contact them and do. And, and there's usually a list of events coming up. We have people that have taken multiple uh, uh, retreats depending on, you know, the availability and that sort of thing. Uh, so I tell people, you know, if you have somebody in your family that fits this, and not only that, um, you know, there's a lot of other programs out there that we work with. We are with a big association of other nonprofits. So if somebody's looking for something, we may can steer them to something that best supports them, um, you know, e- ever what that is. It takes a village that way, Lloyd, and I think, you know, there's nothing wrong with you having an eye on a certain uh, group of individuals that you can sort of help the most and be able to, you know, give them specific um, information as well as support. That, that Again, it's about what I heard from you is that it's about getting those like-minded people who have walked through something. So many of us will never know what it's like to gather around a fire and just let humans be humans and connect with through conversation. And I think if we just did that more, Lloyd, We'd probably all be better, uh, whether it was around a fire or not. But I can imagine that setting makes it a little easier to open up and, and share. Well, it is. And it's, you know, it's it's certainly not a, um, you know, going to a therapist type deal. When you're out on a fishing trip together or you're on a hunting trip or breaking bread together, those things, you know, it, it, it lets you, you know, break down some of those barriers and be around other people. Uh, that do this. Now, one thing we call ourselves the Warrior Bonfire Program. One of the things that we do uh, is at the end of each one of these retreats, and we would actually do this at Diamonds and Dog Tags. We will do a what we call a bonfire ceremony, and it's similar to retiring a flag um, for those that were in the the Boy Scouts and that sort of thing. Um, you know, you can retire the part of the flag, and you know, in, in someone's memory or someone who has served, or a lost comrade, or, or that sort of thing. And it's a, it's, it's a pretty moving thing, and it kind of is a way for somebody to kind of let something go. Um, you know, this is a very... Um, well, Lloyd, tell us where to go to get tickets and to learn more information. Uh, tickets, uh, warriorbonfireprogram.org forward slash DDT. Uh, my number is 601 543 6866. Lloyd Munn, I'll be more than happy.
you to direct you to the right place. I, you know, I'm like Thank you, Lord. Making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Watch good things. We are on your computer, your mobile device. You can watch it on Roku, Amazon Fire TV devices. You can even find good things on YouTube. You can also watch us on Seaspire TV if you've got that. We are on channel 70 right next to the Weather Channel. And don't forget to, you can catch good things in podcast form wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you've been over to the Good Things Facebook group today, you'll see that I just posted a sweet, uh, I guess, story about a new mur- mural in Satilla that's coming up soon. I think they're going to put it up to Saltilla today at uh, 5 p.m. And it was created by the third graders of the local elementary school. They helped design it. They helped paint it. And now they're going to get to see their hard work pay off. And I think that's really cool. I love when our downtowns combine those really talented artists that come in and can do it, you know, professionally and maybe intricate and all the things. Uh, But then don't forget, too, you've got those sweet little uh, artist in every community that can paint within the lines. And that's really all you need <laughs> to make a mural. From what I have learned is you have to get it up there first. And then all you got to do is go back in and and paint uh, between the lines. And I recognize that some muralists would be like, now, Rebecca, it's easier said than done. But then some murals can be as easy as allowing third graders to have half part in it. How cool would it be to walk down and see a mural that you were able to help uh, create in your downtown. I think that's super neat. It just reminds me of going to, I'm trying to think of what year it was. It wasn't elementary school, but it was maybe middle school, like fifth or sixth grade, going mm-hmm. to Earth Day at Ballard Park in Tupelo. And they had one of the, the old hippie Volkswagen buses there, and they had oil paint. And they let all the kids paint whatever they wanted to or sign their name or put a flower on or whatever and just paint all over it for the day and then when all the kids were leaving they're out there hosing it off well i think i think there's something about being allowed to just not destroy property because the mural's not you're actually doing an actual art but there's still art but there's still art but there is something about being able to do something that's not quote-unquote allowed that just really gets kids tickle pink. I saw where one mom took a, I guess it's the like a, um, well, what do you call it? the play, the, like the little playhouses, little plastic playhouses, the little um, little tyke, like it's a little bit, it's a big yeah. tyke, but they, it's a little tyke is the name of the is the brand, and so it's that plastic, and so every now and then she'll let her kids take either water soluble paint or water soluble markers and just let them color all over it and just graffiti it up and just whatever. She can then turn the water hose on it and sort of spray it off. I know that's like the same with chalk paint, and some get um, brave and let them, especially if you have like a brick outside, let you draw on the house, but not on like siding and not on like the paint, but like on the brick sort of walls. And for whatever reason, to a five, six, seven, eight, even 10 year old, it's like, I get to draw on the walls, and even though it just washes right off. So those are easy things that I think we forget about sometimes that can keep kids pretty active. 
um, in the summer. Here's another one, though. You can keep them active by trying to break a Guinness World Record. I'm always just, I guess, shy or intrigued by what people try to do. But this one, I feel like a um, school in Mississippi needs to try and do. I feel like we could do this. We could break this one. So students danced for nearly 16 miles in a conga line to break the world record. I mean, it's not that hard. You just have to be dedicated to do it. So these were Connecticut high schoolers. They danced for 16 miles in a conga line to break the world record and to raise money for an adult daycare center, which I think is really cool and a good thing. It was a conga for all event, and it was organized um, by, I guess, a couple of students there. They it was 64 laps around the track of their school to get in the almost 16 uh, miles. They did this back in back in February, and they finally got the recognition for it. They raised $8,500 uh, for Riverhouse Adult Daycare Center there in their efforts. But anyway, I can't re- I don't know how many students it was. I don't think it was a whole long. Like, I don't think it was a really long conga line. Well, it'd be tough, especially if you're doing it on a track. Do you mean you're limited? It's still a large number, but you're limited to the number of people, or it's going to be like Snake on the old Nokia, where eventually you run into the rear end. But at some point, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And technically, for it to be a conga, don't you have to, do you, don't you have to have like hands on the shoulders, or is it just you're dancing in a line? I think it's just dancing in a line. So as long as you're dancing in a line, then you're doing, you're, you're doing okay. And keeping it up for, I mean, 16 miles, 64 laps. Even if you averaged a 15, 20-minute mile, math is hard. But that's hours of conga-ging. Conga- <laughs> is that a word? Conga-lining. 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 All right. Well, you know, hey, if you want to put that on your docket for next year to try to break, you let good things know, and we will We will definitely. So it could be done. It's just a matter of making it I didn't it realize when you first started lap. the story that it was going to be on track. I was like, wow, I mean. Where would you mark off 16 miles in a <laughs> town or something to conga through the town? But no, it was on a track. So it makes more well, sense. Well, I mean, I guess if you you could do it as a, um, you know, parade. I mean, you could make it like a parade route and just conga through town however many times for a good cause. I mean, how long do they shut down the, the parade routes for, par- for parades? A couple hours? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, make it a little bit more interesting, have everybody come out. Y'all, we'll make this a whole thing by the end of the show. So we just need someone to do it. I'm not doing it. I will come support it and watch and cheer and help you uh, help you out. But, I mean, it would be... It I mean, would if you be, did it like a parade, though, then it could be all hands on deck. You just You just pick a certain part on the parade route where you know, all right, from here to the end, I can conga that long. And you just but does that hop go in the conga line? In, oh, so now are you setting a new record? Because now are we making new rules? Because their rules were just the same people went for 16 miles. And does it is it have to be around a track or can it be just you go 16 miles and a quarter? Or you go, I think then you just have to make it 17 miles. I think you need to just go on and like knock it out with 17 miles. You can but, knock out two records, two birds with one stone. You can do the record for the length of the conga line in miles. And if you get enough community involvement, you could have the record for the most people in a conga line. That's true. If you got the fit kids in town they could just sort of slash run and jog it and they get it done and and sort of and plenty of time because now i'm thinking oh my gosh that is over a half marathon i mean that now that i'm like really thinking about the 16 miles you're talking about a you know um 
a half marathon or more to break that record. It's going to be a long day, but somebody out there is congering, congering up how they're going to conga right into Mississippi getting us into the Guinness World <laughs> World Records. Well, we held a record here in Mississippi, but it got busted, I guess, this past weekend by LSU. But, you know, of all the schools to beat our Jello shot record, you, you, you feel like LSU was the most practiced or the, I guess the well-versed party town to one up the other party town. You can't let's put it this way. You're not surprised that they were no. out. They were able to out jello shot um, anybody, you know, in that way. But I do think this is interesting that this is even a thing. And I do hats off to the Omaha pizzeria who whoever whether it was the owner or not, decided, you know what, let's make it a game and sell it and reap the benefits of of this whole jello shot sort of thing. And if you haven't heard, there's a record there. I guess there's a place where they would keep up with which school bought the most jello shots over the Omaha experience. And LSU broke the record and uh, at 21,000 jello shots so far. I think how much uh, Ole Miss – had 18,777. And I feel like they probably would have kept going. Now that you have it, like now that you know what the number is, you start doing the math. Then if your team makes it there and you're a school who wants to try and excel and exceed, you sort of figure that out. Or you've got folks who just show up like Todd Graves, who is the founder of the fast food restaurant Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. And he spent $30,000 to buy 6000 of the shots to share with his uh, fellow fin- fellow fans. Think about, just for a second, being in a space in life where you can walk into a bar and write a $30,000 check for six... I don't think the bar takes checks. So, or whatever, cash. If you got that much to blow, you can swipe and it'll still... Or it'll, swipe, It won't yeah. melt on you. It'll, it might look at you funny, but it's like, are you sure? All right, you got it. Yeah, or even have a card that the cashier would recognize would have a limit of 30,000 or more. I don't even know what color those cards come in. And then cranking to crank out 6,000 shots to fellow fans. I don't know. But they did it. They now hold the record. So Mississippi got an upper game in baseball and jello shots. And make, now we know we're, what we got to do coming up coming up next year. But you guys stick with us. We got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Hey. 
Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And if you own or run a small business, we want to make sure your customers are able to find you online. And we can help you do that with Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital. You can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. That's a good thing. And we have highly trained and trusted staff ready to work for you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. If that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Today, we're going to go backwards a few days over on the Good Things Facebook group. Uh, I guess it was last Friday. I put the call out for your best dad jokes, dad advice, and dad-isms. And so this was his weekend, and usually dads have the best jokes, which they're really not good jokes. They're just bad dad jokes. They do give the best advice, which is usually sometimes wrapped in that little bit of a dad joke sometimes, or there's those dad-isms that you just can't get uh, away from. And you they stick with you as you grow up. Like, moms, we give advice, we give hugs, we love, we cook, we pass down recipes. But dads have more mottos or sayings or sort of life uh, mantras to sort of live by or whatever it may be, or just some good old common sense uh, advice that we sort of take a, take on with us. So I didn't want us to get away from from Father's Day without paying homage to the great advice our dads have given us. Mine always will tell you, smile at the world and the world will smile back is like one way of sort of looking at it. Not always. I know that doesn't always pan out, but smiling at the world is one good way to get a smile back. I guess you can look at it uh, from that way. You got any, Rhino? Uh, the first one that came to mind was lack of planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Ah, see, that is a dad thing. Moms say that we're mean. Dads say that and you're wise. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, absolutely. Mike uh, shares you get what you pay for, which is something that's a hard life lesson uh, to learn. Donna says, Dad, it's raining. Dad says, sugar melts. You know what doesn't? So get to the bus stop. (laughs) Right? I think we've all heard Heard that one before. If you've got a good uh, dad joke, dadism, dad advice, 601-879-4395. Sadly, their whole weekend was sort of taken up by storms and all the things that weren't fun. So we're having a little fun celebrating uh, them now. Them now. Uh, Stephanie says, don't let that alligator mouth overrun that hummingbird. Behind. Behind. I'd never heard that one before. I've heard sentiments of that, but never in that actual um, sort of way. The but, the rephrasing of that that I heard was, don't let your mouth write checks that your butt can't cash. Yes. Now, that one I have absolutely heard. Uh, don't squat with your spurs on and don't test the depth of the water with both feet would be another good one. See, Dad, but it's usually lessons learned, like, you know, you or dads or grandpas, too. Grandpas have the best advice also, and they have a way of sort of just like sliding it in there without a whole lot of fuss, without a whole lot of like whatever. And it just hits you like a ton of bricks. And you're like, I'm just going to sit with that for a second and sort of mull it over. And sadly, it takes you almost becoming like a grown adult before you sit back and really get what they meant or sort of live it out before you have um, space to hold for what they're trying to sort of tell you. 
Darren and Jackson says, my dad always said, a man that doesn't use his head may as well have two rear ends. I think that's a good one, too. And let's see. Don't let that street. Wait. Don't let that street light. Shadow your. What about, how am I missing that one, Rhino? I think it's missing a few words. Gotcha. If you show up at a 2 o'clock meeting at 2 o'clock, you're already late. That's some good. That's one thing advice. I've actually butted heads with my dad playfully in, in recent years is dad was always a, a stickler. If you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you might as well not show up. And I'm of the opinion, if I'm there on time, I'm there on time. And if it's a party or something, like a social gathering, it's okay to be fashionably late. Not everybody is punctual. The party starts at 8. You're there at 8. Your host doesn't necessarily want you there at 7.50. Not always, depending on what is going on. But if it is a sit-down dinner party, don't be 8.30 if we're right. waiting on you. But, yes, if it's just a casual thing, there is. And then don't be, what is it, don't be the first one there and don't be the last one to leave. I think it's also good advice. Don't be that person that hangs around and we have to be like, oh, look at the time. We're tired to sort of get you out, no one to, no one to gracefully leave If you're room. ever at somebody else's house and you get the whole slap on the leg and they're standing up you know it's time to go you know it's time to go for sure um let's see uh son this is going to hurt me more than it will you wrong but you don't get that one until you're a parent when you become a parent of your own you're like ah i get that it does i don't know if it hurts physically more than it may hurt the other one but there is a there is usually a level of remorse that comes with it when they are having to uh, parent in a way that stings you both. Let's put it that way. Joanne says, check your tires before you leave that and get your oil changed. I would, the fear of God was putting me about getting your oil changed. I, I can honestly say I've never missed one. I, I get my oil change on time. Like I feel like I can't, I know how now, like you know, the light will come on because they're higher technology in terms of your your cars, and they say you can go longer, you can do whatever. It's just trying to get you back in. That's fine. I'm going back in. Daddy said, <laughs> "You get your oil changed, and your car will last, you know, however long." And I took him for his word, and so I, I to this day, I don't feel like I have ever missed an oil change or gone too much. Um, longer than I probably should have with one. We got two on the ceasefire text line back to back that are in the same vein from the six six two. Just because you look stupid doesn't mean you have to act stupid. Followed by Michelle in Oxford who says, "My friend's dad told him after a bad decision he made, quote, son, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough." <laughs> it's true though. Uh, my dad said, "I may not always be right, but I'm never wrong." Wilson and Greenwood. Um, we may have this thing out just a little bit and, <laughs> and sort of and, and that way as well, for sure. Uh, you can pick your nose, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. That sounds just like something a dad would say. But it is true, though. You can choose your friends and you should choose them. Choose them wisely. You will go down with the ship. I think it goes a little too. deeper than that. Like you could take care of yourself. Yeah. And you can choose who you're around. But you don't need to waste your time and energy trying to take care of them, too. 
Look at you. We got to get you. To, we need you to be. A, we need little rhinos. We got to figure that out. I know this conversation just took a turn. and He's blushing. But that's okay. When does a joke become a dad joke? When the punchline becomes apparent. <laughs> dad jokes really aren't funny coming from me. Like, <laughs> they're just not. They don't hit the same. It's got to come from your dad. You've got to know their sort of personality. You got to hear it in their in their tone, and um, for it to sort of have to resonate the same way with you. Kevin and Monticello on the ceasefire text line has some great dad advice. Don't try to outsmart your common sense. Absolutely, Jake in the Delta. You can tell a lot about a man on how he stacks his firewood. Do men do that? Do men judge other men by how they stack their firewood? Oh yeah. Really? Like, do you pull up someone's house and like, idiot? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they got a. A pile of wood that's just kind of leaning over in one direction. It's like they didn't know what they were doing. Hmm. I can honestly say I don't think I have ever. I've judged, you know, plenty of dudes things. Dudes will for- judge other dudes on all kind of stuff. And it's just surface level. I mean, you, oh, may, absolutely, yeah. you may rib them a little bit about it. But, like, you see another guy digging a hole. You you think you can dig that hole better than they can. It's just the way our brains work. Hmm. Now, so what is a perfectly stacked wood? How is firewood supposed to be stacked? Well, you start with larger pieces of wood, and you make sure that you arrange the wood to where if you have, say, a limb that's larger on one end than the other, you're going to want to alternate those so that you keep everything level so it goes up straight. And you're probably going to want to build towers on either side using crisscross. That way you have some stability and keep it nice and flush. Wow. And I'm years. sure there's someone out there that is going to critique that and say that's the incorrect way. So basically, though, if at least looks symmetrical from top to bottom and side to side, we're go we're okay. Well, you only want to do the job once, so you want to do it right. You don't want to have a gust of wind and a storm come by and blow all your wood over, and you got to go out there and pick it all up. Huh? I will never look at firewood the same again. Stick with us; we've got more good for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. things don't forget you can watch us over at supertalktv.com and our supertalk mississippi news team is covering your mississippi news stories so stay up to date sign up for our free weekly newsletter at supertalk.fm slash newsletter and over on the ceasefire text line as well as the good things facebook group we're still celebrating dads because why not father's day was just uh i wasn't gonna say just around the corner it will be before we know it it'll be father's day next year i guess it was just behind the last quarter i don't know um but we shared a lot of fun uh great dad advice 
advice and wisdom or dad isms over on the Good Things Facebook group. And I thought it was uh, good for us to go back and share some of those. And you guys are not failing us either on the text line. One told their two teenagers, act your age, not your shoe size. That's a good one. That's a tough one for tween age boys, though, because a lot of times their shoe size will be bigger than their age. That is, uh, yeah. Never uh, the wrong time to do the right thing. And I think I like Mike's, too. I've heard this one. The best way to get out of a hole is to stop digging. Ooh, I just think we need to sit with that one for a second. It's like, just stop digging uh, with that one uh, for sure. And if you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. I can hear my dad saying that one sort of, too. And some of these dadisms, man, we just we need at different times of our life, I feel like, or all the time, maybe every day. All on flashcards. I mean, some of them probably aren't applicable every day. I don't know. (laughs) What kind of normal life are you living over there, Rhino? Where where you're just not imploding your own life on a daily basis. Sometimes you just need some good dad advice and then a vanilla milkshake, which it is National Vanilla Milkshake Day, which I think is the most bland milkshake out there. But some of you think it's the most delicious. I believe that. But it's also the one that's opened up to the most opportunity to elevate its flavor. So if you had a plain vanilla milkshake and you could add one thing to it to make it, I guess, not a plain vanilla milkshake, what would you add to it? Probably cookie dough. Yes! I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm, like, I'm doing cookie dough. I want the chunks that I, well, I guess that stop up your, your straw. But Well, it depends. If you get the small enough chunks, you can get it up through the milkshake straw. But if not, then you just have these delicious little cookie dough clumps at the bottom when you're done with your milkshake. I agree. I totally agree. And I guess the second would be... Oreo. I, Oreo. I don't know. I mean, maybe Butterfinger. It, it just blends a little sort of – I don't like butter fingers because they – it's a texture thing. They feel weird to eat. Like Have you had one recently, though? Because there's been a, a debate amongst Butterfinger lovers that Butterfingers nowadays aren't the same as Butterfingers were just a few years back. Well, you know what I'm talking about? It had like that chalky kind of – Yeah, music. and a lot of people, they liked Butterfinger for that reason, and it's not the same. But if you crush up Butterfingers – and mix it with either ice cream or a milkshake or something else or to- use it as a topping, even in Greek yogurt, if you want to be a little healthier. Um, it doesn't have that same, but you still get the taste of the of the Butterfinger, which I appreciate that way. I'll tell you an underappreciated ice cream topping or milkshake mix in the itty bitty little mini chocolate chips. The little bitty, the little bitty ones, because they'll go through the milkshake straw. Huh. I've never thought about that. I never. I don't dislike M and M's. I just feel like they're overplayed when it comes to toppings and and, yeah. and whatever it may be. Like, let's get a little bit more creative than that. We've got all these other. I and mean, if I wanted candy coated something in my milkshake, I'd probably go with Reese's Pieces over M and M's. Well, yeah, but you got the Reese's, yeah the Reese's Pieces. Um, well, they're like M and M's, but they're not M and M's, and they have like a different taste or texture sort of to it. Uh, but yeah, I'd have to go with the cookie Ooh. cookie dough. From the Ceasefire text line from the 601, turtles. Not the animal. No. <laughs> the chocolatey, caramelly, peanutty concoction. Oh, goodness. If you had to choose chocolate or caramel? Chocolate. I don't know. I'm, st- I'm, I'm torn. Why chocolate? I mean, peanut butter is the king for me, but between chocolate and caramel, chocolate. 
Well, I guess with the turtle, you get all three. Yeah. Um, in that way. Do you like just a plain vanilla milkshake? I'm not opposed to them. I mean, every once in a while, it's just, it's refreshing because it, there's, there's not anything that you really got to focus on or any flavor you got to worry about. It's just cool and sweet. Favorite milkshake? Mm, probably a little free plug for Sonic, their peanut butter fudge milkshake. Wow. I don't think I've ever had that one. Oh, it, it's decadent. I feel like strawberries win and just the, if I'm going to get a milkshake, you just want a strawberry milkshake. Every once in a while, I get a hankering for a banana milkshake. Yes. But I feel like bananas and. Like bananas and chocolate. <laughs> Bananas and peanut butter, not just bananas and Bacardi. You know, bananas and. Do you need the and in there for the... (laughs) Bananas and 99 bananas. (laughs) No, that's a terrible idea. All right, stick with us. we got more for you up next. you got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Talk Mississippi Media Production.